world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. time ago. I can still remember how that music used to make me smile And I knew if I had my chance That I could make those people dance And maybe they'd be happy for a while But February made me shiver With every paper I'd deliver Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I cried When I read about his widowed bride But something touched me deep inside The day the music died Died So bye-bye, Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry And them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye Singing, this'll be the day that I die This'll be the day that I die Okay, Spence, go to the second one. The world turns. For viewers of the CBS soap opera, as the world turns, first word came at about 1.40 p.m. Eastern time. It happened too quickly for cameras to be in place. And I gave it a great deal of thought, Grandpa. Here is a bulletin from CBS News. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. Then it was back to the soap opera, but not for long. Soon after, Walter Cronkite was back, reporting from the CBS newsroom, complete with rotary telephones and wire machines. This picture has just been transmitted by wire. It is a picture taken just a moment or two before the incident. If you can zoom in with that camera, we can get a closer look at this picture. And almost exactly one hour after his initial bulletin, this now famous announcement. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson <clears throat> has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know 
uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly. Fifty-nine years ago uh, today, fifty-nine years ago today, of the United uh, States. And it really was. Uh, I don't know if Don McLean, when he wrote uh, American Pie, I don't know if he was talking about it, but it really, really was the day that America died, folks. Ever since uh, Jan, I'm sorry, November twenty-second, nineteen sixty-three. Every one of us probably watching right now knew where we were at at that moment when we heard that. It's frozen in my mind. I was in fifth grade in Miss, Miss Headley's class, and I went into the bathroom, and Mr. Wendell, one of the school bus drivers, said, Dave, did you hear the president was shot? That was before they announced he was dead. That, and then the next couple of days after that, remember how much we spent sitting in front of the TV for, for three or four days? Our, the young kids don't understand all this stuff, right? They, they, don't, they don't have this history that we have about January, I'm sorry, November uh, 22nd, uh, 1963. And it's, it's amazing to me that that really was, as we look back on it, it was the day the music died. It was the day that America changed. Uh, because here we are, again, 59 years later, and they still won't, uh, they won't release to us the information what really, really took place. They won't release the information of the Warren Report. I'm going to throw some of that stuff at you here today. I don't want to make this show totally about this. I'm just going to try to connect some dots as to where we are today and how we got here. How uh, all of America, thank God for the Zabruder film, but now we know that the Zabruder film that we watched, the Zabruder film, was doctored. It was doctored. We know that now. And uh, so all of the big lie that we see here started 59, oh, at least 59 years ago today. And I want to pull up a, a clip here that's just, it's just absolutely so uh, unbelievable. Pull up number four for me. This is President Kennedy's speech in Dallas, Texas, before. Before he jumped in that limousine, it's about five minutes, and you talk about something that was prophetic in its utterance. Uh, Take five minutes and listen to this. Go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence 
on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program, for from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people, for I have complete confidence and the response and dedication of our citizens whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. This administration intends to be candid about its errors, for as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We intend to accept full responsibility for our errors, and we expect you to point them out when we miss them. Without debate, Without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Sola decreed it a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. This means greater coverage and analysis of international news, for it is no longer far away and foreign, but close at hand and local. It means greater attention to improved understanding of the news, as well as improved transmission. And it means, finally, that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security. And so it is to the printing press to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance, confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent. <clears throat> Three hours later, he was dead. <laughs> Three hours later. Hey, Myra, go ahead, go ahead and pray us in here, Myra, if you could, real quickly. By the way, Myra, what scripture are you going to read today so we can get it up on the screen? Yes, uh, Coach. Uh, today is going to be uh, Ezekiel 33, 10 through 13. 
All right. <clears throat> Therefore, O thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Does Hang on, Myra. Myra, wait till it's on the screen, please. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. Yes, coach. Therefore, O thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Which is Does a Christian church. It's not a replacement theology. Speak to God's people. All right. They, all they had then was Israel. They didn't have America and Christianity. Therefore, O son of man, speak unto the house of God. Go ahead. Does she speak saying, if our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how shall we live? We then live. Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord, God, I have no pressure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye. Turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? Talking to the church. Therefore, thou son of man, say unto the children of thy people, Thy righteousness of the righteousness shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. Wow. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turneth from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteousness be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sinneth. When I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live if he trusts to his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. But for this, for his iniquity, and he have committed, he shall die for it. Woo, once saved, always saved. <laughs> Go ahead, Myra. Yes, Coach. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I release the anointing that destroys the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Got a lot of information I want to share with you here today. Thank you there, Myra. Uh, uh, by the way, pull up uh, uh, before number four, number five. I forgot to give it a number. Through the Black Conference. Tom Tom Dunn's organizing a, he just uh, launched it yesterday, Out of the Darkness, a, uh, a conference, another conference. And uh, put this in the chat so people can see where it is. Scroll down, Spencer, if you would. Speakers are going to include Dr. Greg Reed. I don't know Dr. Greg. Vicki Joy Anderson, Colleen James. Uh, this is going to be hands-on training. Sean Carter, Coach Dave, uh, Dr. Mike Spalding, Evangeline Abafi, and Tom Dunn. And this event is on what day is it? I'm sorry, I don't have that right in front of us. Click on it, man. It's coming up. It's it's a <laughs> This stupid preparation, isn't it? It is. Somebody help me out here. Where's your date, Tom? Try <laughs> we'll the find out for it. tickets. Click on the ticket, maybe. It's in April. It's in April. It's April like 1st or 2nd or something like that. I want to make you aware of that, that you can do that. Uh, sorry, March man. 31st, April 1st. There you go. April 1st. March 31st, April 1st here in... In uh, Inglewood, Ohio, that's down there at uh, at uh, 
my brain, my brain. Harvest. Neil uh, Peterson's uh, church. Thank you. Tickets available mail, May, March 31st, April 1st, Dayton, Ohio. And they're not all expensive, 39 bucks or something like that. So I wanted to make sure, uh, Spence, let's make sure this gets posted on our website. Okay, cool. Next thing, next thing, next thing. What, what am I looking at here? Okay. Um, wow, I got a lot today. I got a lot today. Uh, no. Okay, let, 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 me, let me come back here. Pull up there for me if you could, Spence. This is one of the greatest things. I've, I'm just going to show you this, and I want you to put it in the website for everybody. Number three. Put up number three. That's not number three, I don't think, is it? There it is. This is on the Lou Rockwell. I don't know if you guys ever go to Lou Rockwell website. It's on Lou Rockwell website. Scroll down, Spence. And I'm just going to put this in the chat because, folks, this is everything you want to know about the Kennedy cover-up. Scroll down there a little bit, Spence. Show them all what's all they got all the all the links that are some it's unbelievable. Everything you want to know, man, about the Kennedy assassination. I put that in the put that in the chat so people can uh, do their do their own research on it. And the reason that I played American Pie at the beginning of it is I know Don McLean said that that was not about John F. Kennedy. I, that, I understand that. That in Bye Bye Miss American Pie was not written about John F. Kennedy. Okay, I get that. However, to me, 19, uh, November twenty second, nineteen sixty three was in fact the day the music died. It was the day that America died. Not because of the assassination of John F. Kennedy, but because of the cover-up from it. And the, the idea, the, the strong arm, strong grip, the strong hand of secret societies began to really, really emerge. That was before instant communication, the internet, Facebook, YouTube, BlabTube, GoogTube, all, before all of that stuff, <clears throat> they were able to, uh, to uh, hide the truth from us. Still doing it today. And by the way, I don't know if you know this, that there was a 50 years ago on the 50th anniversary, all this information was supposed to have been released. All of the information of the Kennedy. Now, now ask yourself something, folks. If there really wasn't a conspiracy, if there really wasn't, why don't they just tell us what happened? Why did they have to wait 50 years for everybody to be dead so we'd soon forget and not worry about? It? By the way, same thing they're trying to do with the vaccinations, right? Uh, uh, which one is it? Moderna, one of them wants all that information buried for 50 years. So for all of those who are responsible for the death of millions of people, what's going to be millions of people, uh, most of us will be dead. We won't care. We won't care. So uh, President Kennedy talked about the secret society and the idea of of secrecy being absolute, uh, something that the American government shouldn't even, it's anathema to American form of government. So uh, I, I want to put that in the chat. So for those of you who are kind of a Kennedy assassination freaks, um, you're going to really, really like it. By the way, if you could, Spence, also on the se- on number three, there's a second part of it that says conspiracy, which is one of the links. And I want to show all of you some of the links. This was in the links that we're going to put into the chat, okay? Look at this, folks. Conspiracy theory. It tells us in this research where the term conspiracy theory came from. Are you ready? First published by Global Research in 2013, this pathbreaking analysis by Professor James Tracy shows how the term conspiracy theory is being used to label critical analysis and dissenting viewpoints. This was this happened as a result of the Warren Commission um, report regarding the death of John F. Kennedy. 
The CIA came up with the term conspiracy theory, and now anything that questions the official government uh, position is now called what? A conspiracy theory. Bam. And that word, that word has so stuck in the mind of the American people that that's one of the first things that people counter me with. Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, huh? So that shows us how deeply and how effective the media can become when they want to port, push forth a narrative. So the term conspiracy theory was designed specifically after the Kennedy assassination to uh, to destroy anybody who had a different uh, different opinion of exactly what had happened. Cool. I got it, man. I got a lot running through my brain here. Come on in, Joe or uh, Kevin. Come on in real quickly. Well, I just wanted to say real quick, I mean, that that event happened about nine years before I was born. But listening to you talk about it, what it's reminding me of is the same psychological effect that on 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 the public at large that 9-11 had when that event happened. It, It literally shocked the nation. So if you stop and think about one of the comments you said is I can remember where I was when I first heard. Well, you remember where you were. When we saw, first saw those planes hit the building, where you realize that they're in an attack, it just happened on Manhattan. Very similar. Effect. Oh, and isn't it interesting? Carried out by the same group. Very interesting. And Kevin, the thing is, see, uh, that we have we have to understand, it's the same argument every time, right? JFK conspiracy theory, nine one one conspiracy theory, right? Anything that questions the narrative. Hey, by the way, vaccinations, conspiracy theory, right? Uh, What is it? Uh, Blood clots, conspiracy theory. I don't know how many of you yesterday were able to watch died suddenly. Pull that up there real quick, Spencer. For those of you who didn't get to, um, how we can live in a, what we would call a civilized nation today. Watch this this, this video that was released. Watch this video and not question what's going on is absolutely beyond me. Can somebody tell me where are our Republican representatives in Congress who watch this video, see the evidence, hear from the doctors, and still say, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. Nine January 6th, conspiracy theory. It's, it's the same song over and over and over. And it seems like they want us to believe that the only righteous People in the world are the American government. Everybody else is screwed up. Everybody else is a, is trying to destroy the America. Only the righteous American government. They're the only ones that you can trust. It's a, it's it is absolutely it's absolutely unbelievable. Come on in, Jack. Yeah, uh, Coach. Two things on the on the Kennedy thing. Number one, John F. Kennedy wouldn't be allowed to address the. Uh, main GOP because he would be way too conservative. And the other thing is our, our, our consciences became seared that day as many of us that watched uh, Jack Ruby kill a man on television. We watched a murder on television and our, our, our senses have been seared ever since. Because, Jack, we think it's movies. Right? It's like watching a movie. We see it every day in the movies. Oh, another guy got killed. Oh, okay. Another guy got killed. Okay, okay. I get it. Wow, another guy got killed. Oh, that's too bad. Another guy got killed. Oh, that's too bad. And, and again, the connection of the secret societies. We don't want to go there, folks, do we? We don't really want to go there. Pull up number seven for me. Pull up number seven. 
I'm going to open it up. I'll let you get in here. I got so much energy this morning. I've got so much energy. Are you, are you guys sitting down? Four minutes and 50 seconds? Huh? Go ahead, play this. Ladies and gentlemen, linen. Hang on, freeze linen. it. Freeze it. Freeze it. Put it at 1.5. This guy talks pretty slow. <clears throat> all know who Lenin is, don't you? Said this, quote, democracy is indispensable to socialism, end quote. Now, why is that, do you think? Well, it's simply this, ladies and gentlemen. They're calling the United States a democracy now. It is not, never has been. It is a constitutional republic. A constitutional republic is where there is a balance of power. In the federal government, that balance consists of the executive branch, the judicial branch, and the legislative branch. In the election process, where we elect our representatives to go and take care of business for the state in Washington, D.C., we elect representatives. Our founders set this government up so that senators were picked by the state, not elected by the people. This would make sure that our constitutional republic could not become a democracy and thus turn into an oppressive, dictatorial, socialist state, for they understood the process well. The first step into turning the United States into a democracy was taking the power of the state to choose its own senators away and put it in the hands of the electorate or the people. Whenever the people Stop see that Stop they can vote themselves... Stop a minute. Folks, I don't know if you know this, but let, let me give you a real quick explanation of what he just told us there. Originally, according to the Constitution, the two United States senators were elected by the state house in each state. So if you had a Republican, let's say here in Ohio, we had a Republican state house. You're elected representatives in Columbus, Ohio. The state house, they picked the senators. Because if you had a Republican state house, a Republican-controlled state house, then the Republicans would pick a Republican representative as their senator. Understand how that would work? So what we're seeing going on all across America because of the large cities now, the direct election of the senators took the control away from the people. So now everybody can vote directly to elect their senator, and it took away a representative government. So what would happen is if the senator that we sent to Washington, D.C. got out of control, the state house could vote and call him back home. Get him back here. Let's get another guy in there. That's the way it was originally set up. And so when we went to direct election of U.S. senators, it was all part of the idea to move us into socialism and eventually communism. Go ahead and finish this. Whatever exists in the treasury, socialism quickly follows. For when the people find out that they can vote themselves whatever they want, and that's what's happening in the country today, people are voting themselves whatever they want, Congress is voting themselves whatever they want, everybody is moving this country more and more into socialism. With socialism eventually comes a dictatorship. With a dictatorship always comes fascism in its various forms. Our total and absolute control and ownership by the state of everybody and everything, and that is known as communism. Secret society. Freedom disappears, ladies and gentlemen, when people become dependent upon the state, or upon a dictator, or upon a king, or a lord, or an emperor, or a baron, or a duke, or duchess, for their very existence. 
for their job, for their clothing, for their food. When this happens, people, without even realizing it, have become enslaved. In the pursuit of laziness, and in the pursuit of the dole, getting something for nothing, which, folks, is a dream that never, never comes true, there is no such thing as something for nothing. When you accept a benefit from a benefactor, you give away some of your rights, for the benefactor has a right to dictate the manner in which you use the benefit. When you become a child to a father or a mother, the father and the mother have the right to dictate what time the child gets up, what the child has to eat, what kind of work the child does, if the child goes to school or if the child does not, what time the child has to be in bed, whether the child can go out, whether the child can drive a car, whether the child can have a bicycle, whether the child gets any gifts at Christmas time or any other time of the year for that matter. And when people become dependent upon the state, they become the child and the state becomes the father. Boom. Hi, I'm John Green. This is Crash Course U.S. History. And today we're going to talk about... Get him off, right? So that's where we are, folks. That's exactly where we are. Again, look, I'm not a doomer gloomer. I'm just trying to get us to... We understand exactly what's going on. Understand exactly what it is we're dealing with. Give me just a few more seconds here, okay? Pull up number five. This really, really, really encouraged me yesterday. Actually, that's a lie. It encouraged me this morning. Folks, authentication is going mainstream. Huh? So what? Oh, yeah. The Epoch Times today does an article on authentication. Okay? Now, look, uh, this is this is long, okay? I'm not going to play the whole thing. Start right there. Spencer, the U.S., what this is, this is a, I'm going to play a recording of a written, written thing, all right? Here we find, oh, this is, a, this is it's going mainstream, folks. So, Spencer, if you can, Put this at about one, see what it says, one X. Put that at, at about, uh, folks, we're not going to play all this. Put a little faster than that, Spence. Put a little, yeah, do that. And then, folks, this will be a reading, for those of you who maybe are going on a phone and can't see it, this will be a reading of this article. And I want you to listen. This is critical. This is exact. I hope in your mind this shows all tying together because I'm really trying to connect a lot of different dots for you, okay? So, authentication goes mainstream. Go ahead and play that, Spence. And Spence, scroll so people can follow it as a place. Go ahead. The USA Incorporated reporter exposes how America was hijacked, turned into a corporation during Civil War. The founding fathers would be rolling in their graves to see the state of our nation today. They built a republic where God is above all and where the people, created in his image, are sovereign. The people in turn created their government to serve under them. It was to be small, frugal, and limited as we would expect our contractor to be. Looking at today's sprawling administrative state overreach though with vaccine mandates, endless spending, and leaders who think they are God something doesn't jive. So what happened? The answer is sequestered but simple, the republic was colonized by commercial law. This obscure fact was swept under the rug and kept shuttered in the dark for over 150 years. Yet a burgeoning subset of Americans is uncovering this controversial chapter of American history, while also reclaiming their freedom by readjusting their status from U.S. citizen to state national. The status of state national is both old and new. Now it denotes one who owes allegiance to the state they inhabit but it also harks back to what the Founding Fathers envisioned a sovereign people to be. Today, state nationals have been revealing a hidden history, in short, the British never lost the Revolutionary War. They just deployed corporatocracy. The powers of Europe bid their time, the spat between the Hamiltonian Federalists and Jeffersonian Anti-Federalists was nearly an entree for a grand usurpation that began during the Civil War. Through legal chicanery, agents of the Crown managed to recast Americans as British subjects lost at sea. 
America was hijacked by commercial law and became the United States of America Incorporated. It sounds far-fetched, but one state national and Vander Steele, 55, a reporter and chairwoman of the Zelenko Freedom Foundation, shared her experience after reclaiming her freedom. In 2021, she got a call from former congressional candidate Bobby Lawrence, a state national guru, who laid out said history and supplied her with her freedom bundle, the legal documentation she needed to readjust her status. She dove in and spent a year verifying and cutting through red tape, before emerging a free woman on the other shore. She shared some of her journey with the Epic Times. Hijacked by a corporation. It was the 14th Amendment that made us citizens of a federal government that became a corporation, Vandersteel said. That's where they stole it. That's really the big hijack and of course, the Civil War had problems. Ratified in 1868, the 14th Amendment declares in plain English that states shall not abridge the privileges of U.S. federal government citizens. This overtly abridges state government sovereignty and slyly employs the word privilege to substitute right, implying that government may retract those privileges from citizens who misbehave, irrespective of their constitutional rights. Section 1 of the 14th Amendment reads as follows. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. Nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property, without due process of law. Nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. After the Civil War bankrupted the United States Confederate Trade Union, a corporation was formed to replace it. They incorporated the 10 square miles around Washington, D.C., Vandersteel said. After that corporation, you became a municipal servant to the Corporation of D.C. During the 41st Congress, the Columbia Organic Act of 1871 openly states the fact, be it enacted by the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled, that all that part of the territory of the United States included within the limits of the District of Columbia be, and the same is hereby, created into a government by the name of the District of Columbia, by which name it is hereby constituted a body corporate for municipal purposes, and may contract and be contracted with, sue and be sued, plead and be implanted, have a seal, and execute all other powers of a municipal corporation not inconsistent with the Constitution and laws of the United States and the provisions of this Act. This was followed by the rollout of a vast commercial law overlay extending well beyond the District of Columbia to govern the entire nation, replacing and nullifying what the Founding Fathers established. It did much more than that also, but to unpack this colonization we must first understand jurisdictions of land and sea. Privateers on the land, a war over legal jurisdiction. The bedrock of American law. So folks, listen, all those who've been saying that the U.S. is a corporation, people have been saying, oh, conspiracy theory, ah, yeah, 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 no, nah, no, nah, that's all conspiracy. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 this is going mainstream. Keep going, Spence. Law is common law. Displacing and nullifying what the founding fathers established. It did much more than that also, but to unpack this colonization, we must first understand jurisdictions of land and sea. Privateers on the land, a war over legal jurisdiction. The bedrock of American law is common law. It underpins the Constitution and our God-given rights, tracing its roots to the Bible. English common law germinated in the local customs of early Europe as a dispersed hodgepodge of traditions that were compiled by 9th-century Anglo-Saxon King Alfred the Great in his Doom Book. It was later echoed in the Magna Carta and was eventually systematized by Sir William Blackstone, whose voluminous commentaries okay, became the American legal system. Go ahead and stop Under this system, no, people are living souls with God-given rights. So people can On the other hand... Here's the thing. Anne Vandersteel, I don't know if you guys know her or not. Uh, I, I met her at... Uh, uh, one of the Clay Clark events. Uh, I'll, I'm going to get her on our show. She's a warrior. By the way, she has publicly said that she has reclaimed her citizenship and she has not paid taxes since, uh, if you scroll down in the article, it tells us. So this whole idea of authentication that we've been talking about is real and legitimate, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, put this in, Again, put this in the chat so people can see it and follow along with it for their own. By the way, very... Interesting. Very, very interesting. Go back up there. Look what uh, Donald Trump, just a statement. 
Let me see if I can find where it is. Scroll down a little bit. Right there. Vander Steele also mentioned what Trump said at a rally. She believes, they believe that Donald Trump understands this. Vander Steele also mentioned that Trump said in a rally in Wilmington, North Carolina in September, think of it, Ivanka. Ivanka is a very good person. Don Jr., he's a good person. Eric, he's a good people. Huh? In other words, one of his sons is no longer a dead corporate vessel subject to admiralty law, but a living man under God. Interesting, folks. Interesting. So again, uh, Spence, if you couldn't, I'm going to open it up here then. Well, I've been all over the place. Sorry. Pull up number six, the C2K report. Because a lot of guys have been involved, been involved with this. And uh, this is how you get authenticated and yada, 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 yada. So I just want to make, make you all aware of all that. That those of you who are out there considering authentication, in my opinion, that's what Ann Vandersteel is talking about, although they don't make that explicitly clear in that, in that commentary. Cool? All right. Gotcha, man. Sorry. My phone, my phone interferes there a little bit. Uh, we're going to return to our republic, folks. We're going to return to a republic once we figure out exactly what's going on. Again, the reason I kind of put this show together the way that I have is because John F. Kennedy told us 59 years ago that we were going to be undermined by these secret societies and these secret oaths. And he said the idea of secrecy is repugnant to to our republic. It's repugnant. And yet we look around today, everything, everything. Is censored. Everything. It hasn't happened simply by accident. Go ahead, Vinny. Just want to give you a boom, brother. Okay, boom, boom, boom. Okay, I'll open it up. Come on in. Myra, go. Uh, yes, Coach. In regard to secrecy, uh, look A17. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest. Neither Amen. anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Janine. Well, it's interesting that um, Vandersteel mentions property because the real um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness actually said life, liberty, and the pursuit of property. And it's also interesting that the Catholics' Ten Commandments are not the same as the Bible's Ten Commandments. It gets rid of your property and everything else like that. Uh, Amen. So somewhere along the line, we know this, friends, uh, from the book of Jude, that evil men have crept in unawares, right? And what have they done? They changed the truth. I hate to tell you this. They changed the truth of the gospel. So it tells us in the book of Jude. Pull that up there, Spence, if he could. Jude. It's only a book. Only Only one chapter. Jude, the servant of Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God, preserved in Christ and called, mercy unto you, peace multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints, because certain men have crept in who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and dying the only, denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, so where we are in America today is we have to earnestly contend for the truth 
That's what he meant by the faith. Earnestly contend for the truth because it's only the truth that will set us free. And you know what's happened? We can go back. We can do some research on this as much as you want to. The communists, the socialists, in uh, they, what's the word I'm looking for? They invaded the seminaries. They took over the seminaries. They trained uh, pastors coming out of the seminaries, seminaries in socialism and social gospel. And then we got the the explosion of uh, of the Benny Hens and the Oral Roberts and all. They changed the truth of the scriptures into a lie. And they worshiped and served the creature more than the creation. So the idea of the separation between the church and state could only have worked if the pulpits had been compromised. And the pulpits have been compromised. And because the pulpits have been compromised, there's no truth in the relationship between God and the government anymore. That's where, that's where, the, that's where the fight is, folks. That's where it is. Come on in, Emma. I just wanted to testify to situational ethics was taught to my first husband who was in seminary at Duke um, in 19, in the 70s. And and so, yeah, it's it's been there. And I recognized it as bad at the time, but I couldn't put my finger on why. Amen. Amen. Jack? Yeah, historically, we know that they told us they were going to do that in 1919 at Tavistock. So in 1919, they said that in order to change this country from a democ uh, into a socialist country from a uh, whatever, um, they had to infiltrate the seminaries and the universities. That's it. And that's what they've done, right? Evil men crept in unawares. Folks, the battle's always been be- between truth and a lie. It's always been. And, uh, you know, we say we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Well, it's over the truth. Every battle. That's why they said take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity. Why? Because if you allow a lie to live, the loss of liberty will follow. And it's the church's job to lift up the truth, contend for the truth, fight for the truth, so that we have a peaceable life to live. The church Amen. has the church has taken its hands off of that and said, no, 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 we're not going to get in, involved in politics. And as a result, tyranny reigns. Because why? Evil men have crept in, told us uh, church isn't allowed to get involved. Come on in, uh, Paul. Here's a truth that's worth repeating, Coach. 60 million babies. 60 million. Dead at the hands of doctors. Doctors! Doctors at the hand of doctors. Okay, that's... Hey, Paul, that's, uh, hey, Paul that's, I watched... Uh, I didn't get through all of it, I'll be honest with you, but I, I watched uh, Stu, I watched on Stu Peters yesterday uh, that, that died suddenly. How can any doctor in America, other than willful, willful ignorance, not see what's going on. Can you help me out there, Paul? How can yeah, any doctor not see what the hell's going on? Ken, this is the way I, I look at it. It's the new warfare. It killed more people than any war. It continues to kill more people than any war. And like in war, in when I was in the military, we were asked to do things that we thought were correct. Those those doctors out there will learn, but they're gonna. It's gonna be slower than the rest of us. 
Love of money is the root of all evil. Hey, Paul, will they be able to be held responsible for bad medicine? Will they they be able to, or or are doctors just going to be able to say, just doing my job, boss, just doing my job? They're paying the piper now, coach. I, I watch them every day. They suffer. They don't know what is right or wrong in medicine right now. Okay, you way, ready, take you care ready of your own health, folks? guys. Spencer, bring up number 11. Phil Donahue's show. You guys remember Phil Donahue? Huh? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. One of the first talk shows. Number 11, Spence. It's number 11. This is 1985. How long ago is that? Uh, 15 years gets you to... 2000, uh, 37 years ago on Phil Donahue. Go ahead and play it. But not another doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think, uh, but, but let's get, uh, he does make a point that uh, we should also say Saban is live and the uh, live vaccine and yeah. Salk is, uh, is inactive, is inactive, inactive right. as we say, in the laboratory. All right. Uh, how many was it, uh, they ask? Well, how many people know that, that the European epidemic of polio, there were about 20 or 30 cases in this country? Now, of course, the American doctors will argue that the reason why polio disappeared in this country was because of the vaccine. But then why did it disappear in Europe in the 1940s and the 1950s without mass vaccination? Why doesn't it occur in the third world where only 10% of the people have ever been immunized against polio or anything else? So, in other words, we may be fighting a tiger that died. That's uh, quite correct. Uh, ask the people in Great Britain. Ask the people uh, in Japan who... Uh, all, back here. Gentlemen, if you please, I've got probably the smartest audience we've ever had. <laughs> I have a question. Uh, how long a delayed action, if any, would you connect this with, like MS? MS a possibility. Would multiple sclerosis be one of the uh, possible as results? A, as a matter of fact, there's a new publication that just came out from John Hoffman, who's a close associate of Tony Morris's, that gives the references linking MS in later life to the early introduction of live virus vaccines like measles and like some of the others that are live viruses. Now at the present time I would I, I, would, I would at the present time I would recommend that anybody who has MS or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis or any of those degenerative neurologic conditions of later life carefully review their vaccine histories. I would also like to comment to that because in connection with my case I've been doing some research. Let me tell him once again uh, Ms. Gundy that you are a Guillain-Barre victim uh, contracted following the uh, following your receipt of the uh, swine flu vaccination. Yes and I I am in the process of writing a book about my experience and in the process I've done considerable research and from what I have learned it looks as if immunizations frequently cause autoimmune Folks I'll ask a question because nobody else will is the uh, explosion of cancer related to vaccines over generations and generations? Is it, folks? All, many, many of the debilitating diseases that we're seeing are they related to what were supposed to be safe vaccines? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just asking a question. Where did all this dementia come from all of a sudden? Where did all of this autism come from all of a sudden? What the heck's going on? Back in 1985. This doctor was saying, we better stop doing so many vaccinations because we don't know the long-term impact of them. 1985, 
Come on in, Jack and Paul. Go, Paul. Sorry, didn't tip a hand down. Uh, I got to uh, make sure people understand our uh, RSV is a big fear campaign this year. I hear it. I'm in the trenches here in Maine. There's all talk of people being transferred to different hospital, little kids, RSV. Um, keep in mind, there's a there's a school of thought out there that RSV is, is because of the polio vaccines. And they're making a vaccine for RSV. So they're making a vaccine as a result of a vaccine. It never ends, Coach. Man, they, they think we must be idiots. Oh, I'm telling you, I, I probably shouldn't say this. I, I probably shouldn't. My, they took my little granddaughter to the um, urgent care yesterday. I'm, I'm reading my I'm reading my text messages here. And what do you suppose it is, Paul? What do you suppose it is she has? RSV, Coach. RSV! <laughs> RSV! Oh, my. I'm telling you, folks. I'm telling you, folks. The Vitamin day, C, Coach. The music died. <laughs> Vitamin C for RSV. Just remember. Michelle, did you hear that? Vitamin C for RSP. Keep it ahead of them, Coach. Keep it ahead of them. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Oh, Michelle, did you hear that? Makes me want to punch something. Go ahead. Uh, I'm just kidding. Oh, I would never do that. I would never do that. Me? No, no, no. Go ahead, Julie and Beth. Great show, Coach. Pharmakia. I read the book and I was like shell shocked, but now I'm trying to share that with other people. It's like you said, Paul, that it's one vaccine after another. It's never designed to cure us. It's always designed to either kill us or keep us sick. Thanks. So, Julie, it's about the truth. We see this this freak who's with all this cryptocurrency, all the backward money they've been funneling because money don't mean anything, right? You create cryptos on. Can somebody tell me what a crypto is worth? What the hell is a Bitcoin worth? What's what's the value behind a Bitcoin? There isn't any value. And our entire uh, political system was tiptoed, thrown on its head by cryptocurrency fraud. Nobody gives a damn because it all comes back to the same thing. You shall know the truth. And the truth, if you know it, will set you free. Folks, cryptocurrency is fake money. Just as much as paper money is fake money. And if they ever show, well, you saw what happened. Some of you don't know what this freak did. Control, overthrew the entire election again. Beth, come on in. And Jill. Yeah, I just, I have a statement and then a question. So, well, not so much a statement, but um, two weeks ago, I brought my granddaughter to the doctors for my daughter because she couldn't take her because of work. And of course, they are pushing the vaccines and she, adamantly told them before she even sent me there i don't want her vaccinated with anything and my mom's taken her sent the note i brought her argued with the doctors about the vaccines they said well she had it last year and last year the same situation except her father brought her they're separated father said yep go ahead and vaccinate her so she was angry um and knowing i wasn't going to back down but what do you do? Does anyone have a suggestion when you have a father? Because I, I don't know. We were never separated. But she's got a father who's all into the vaccines, the COVID vaccine. 
Um, I don't even know if a religious exemption going to the doctor's office would help. Does anyone have any suggestions like how she can get it to where she's not vaccinated? It's legal and nobody can go that. She is the custodial parent. Well, see, here's where they get you, uh, Beth. Here's where they get you. Any legal action. First of all, you got to get a compliant judge. You got to spend a lot of money and then you got to wait a long time. So the reality of it is the other side knows it and runs out the clock on us. They run out the clock. They don't care if they were wrong. They don't care. You understand that? See, we, we're so screwed up because we think they care about truth. They couldn't care less about truth. And so we're operating in a different system. We're Christians. We believe in truth and justice and honesty, and they don't. And they're in control of the system. And they're in control of the system because the church said, we don't want to be in charge. You be in charge. Take a deep breath, coach. Go ahead, Rochelle. Come on in. And Joe. Thanks, coach. Good morning. Um, Yes, as far as it goes with the vaccines, they've, they've always made people ill. They've caused cancer. As a matter of fact, they've covered up that they, um, the link, there's a definite link to autism. Um, And take a look at the amount, the massive amounts of money that these companies have paid out in lawsuits. It's in the billions of dollars. They make so much money, they don't care who they hurt. If you sue them, they don't care because they're filthy rich and they're going to continue to keep doing what they're doing. We have to stop them. We should be protesting in front of any of these clinics, giving out shots to these little ones, to anyone. No, come on now. No, this is exactly what the Bible told us is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, the pediatrician's office is the reason they mandate all of these babies is because they get a $100,000 bonus at the end of every year if they have 100% compliance. They tell you about your kids. All the money. Joe Allen, come on in. When was the Georgia Guidestones erected? 1980. Before 1980? Yeah. Why was the date we went to Georgia Guidestones so important? November 11th. Why did That's Randy right. put five stones in the ground and now it's not standing? That's right. That's right. It's coincidence. Just a coincidence. Come on in, Clay. Well, many of us have children or grandchildren or know people with children or grandchildren that are not getting vaccinations and they're thriving. They're doing very well. And the news media, you never see the mainstream news carrying a fair and balanced story saying, what about all these children that are thriving without the vaccinations? <clears throat> that's because the mainstream media is on the other side. That's right. So you got to know something nefarious is going on. If you don't never see a story, play, that says, what about the, the healthy children that are thriving without vaccinations? A long, long time ago, I can still remember how that music used to make me smile. And I knew if I had my chance that I could make those people dance and maybe they'd be happy for a while. February made me shiver with every paper I'd deliver. Bad news on the doorstep. I couldn't take one more step. 
I can't remember if I cried when I read about his widowed bride. But something touched me deep inside the day the truth died. Yeah, boom. Come on in, Paul. I'll make this as succinct and as easy as possible. If your child is sitting there and somebody has a gun pointed to their head, you will do something. That's what you have to do with these vaccines. You, it's not about writing an exemption. It's physically protecting that child. That's is it. That's simple. I am a anti-vaxxer, period. Amen. 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 Hey, let me let me finish with this. This is just this make you all excited at the end of your day. Pull up uh, Starbucks weenie number eight, folks. This is this. I'm telling you, this is America. Okay, this is this is what our public schools have produced. This is what the lack of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ has produced. This is what removing Christianity out of the public square has produced. Uh, you, you gotta you gotta watch this. It's only it's only two minutes. Go ahead. A Starbucks employee has gone viral for whining in the back room about how tough the job is. People wonder why we need a union at Starbucks, and I am literally about to quit. Like, I I don't know if I'm going to do it, but, like, I really want to. I almost walked out today, and I'm crying in the back room right now, and I almost cut on the floor. It's just... (laughs) I like I get I'm like a full-time student. I get scheduled for 25 hours a week, and then on weekends they schedule me the entire day open to close. I'm on the schedule for eight and a half hours, both Saturday and Sunday. I'm like three and a half hours into my shift. There's so many customers, and we have four people on the floor all day. <laughs> and then people are yelling at me because I don't have their orders ready, and they don't know what to do. <laughs> I can't do it. And a customer was misgendering me today, like, really badly. I didn't have their order ready. And so they were just, like, talking, talking to each other. And they're like, she's clearly incompetent. I have a full mustache and beard. <laughs> what the f***? <laughs> I don't get accommodations for being neurodivergent. I'm, like, at my wits end with this job. So ask yourself this question. Uh, ask yourself this question as we close out today. Which philosophy is winning? The Christian philosophy or that philosophy we just saw in that freak right there on TV? John F. Kennedy warned us that this battle was going to be won or lost through infiltration, not invasion, folks. We are the salt of the earth. We are. We are the light of the world. The only way this entire thing's going to change is if those of us who carry the name of Christ boldly engage the culture for the cause of Christ and become once again the salt of the earth and the light of the world. It's time to pass the salt. See you tomorrow.